Welcome to episode 63 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So, subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, YouTube, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Instagram at TwizPod and what premiered tonight, y'all, November 4th, catch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV. Download the Island TV app from your smartphone or your smart TV or your Fire Stick, uh, your Fire Stick, your Fire Stick or any streaming device like your Roku. So, I'm Sean. I'm Nye. What's up, y'all? Hey, Nye. So, what are we calling this episode? Who shot ya? Separate <laughs> the weak from the opsa. All right. So getting right into the Ratchet Minute, talking about that mid-season finale of Power. Now, did you see it? I know you did. Absolutely. You know I did. I saw it midnight. Oh, <laughs> so I, I, I watched it today. And to all of y'all, if you didn't watch it, although I don't understand why you didn't. But if you did, this is spoiler alert. So uh, fast forward to the uh, woke minute if you need to. But anyway, so what did you think, girl? Girl, um ghost has so many enemies it could be any one of these people that were coming over the truth you what i one thing what i don't understand is why are the doors always unlocked at truth do you (laughs) (laughs) at all (laughs) in a a club in new york and no less for reals Come on now. We're just security. Come on now. But it could be it could be anybody. Everybody has a motive. Ghost has so many enemies. He's he makes enemies everywhere he turns. So it could be especially anybody. now. Like especially this last show, I, that is the most smug and most narcissistic and conceited and cocky I have ever seen Ghost. Mm-hmm. You well, know, my heart just really broke for Tariq. Um, all these, you know, for the past couple of years, we've been invested into this show and every, it seems like every, every season, I, I, my disdain for Tariq grows more and more and more, but mm-hmm. this last episode, it really changed. Um, I really feel sorry for him. He has some trash ass parents and what goes into him this episode, I just, in my heart, I just felt like he, he just has some terrible parents. You know, Tasha is trying to turn him into a street dude and trying to turn him into this. She, she trying to get him to be the next ghost. Yeah, trying to turn him into a kingpin. You know, now Ghost made a promise to him that he would take the fall for the murder that he, um, the body he caught. And now he's like, no, you're going to take the blame for it. Which is an odd conversation to have with your father anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to take that body. No, you're going to take that body. <laughs> but I just feel for Tariq. So, you know, at this point, I think all of them have a motive and all of them have like recent motives. You know, after that little mush that he did to Tasha, that's oh, the reason he that <laughs> on site. He would have got it on site. Motherfucking site. Man, that was so disrespectful. <laughs> Would you say you would have been windmilling in that bitch? Yeah, I would have been windmilling on this motherfucker. <laughs> what? what? Man, she got mushed in the forehead. I was like, oh, ghost is going down. You're going down. <laughs> you don't get to walk out the room after that. Are we? <laughs> Are we scrapped? All day. All day. Be ready. Stay he, got on his most, he got on his slippery Earl church shoes, so you know you, he can get caught. He can't run. 
made me the most sick this last episode. Like, I just, I was like, oh, he is just feeling himself with his uh, little corny Ramona. You feeling oh, yourself, no. bro. I'm- with that, uh, that uh, Ann Taylor suit she had on. <laughs> her her St. John suit. <laughs> Man. And her sponge curl set. Like, girl, you better... <laughs> So dated. Like, who did her hair? Who? Who? But she I, did. She looks like a politician, though. She absolutely does. She, she, they, you know, she fits the bill of it. But she is corny. He go, he goes after some corny women because Angela wasn't too hot either. <laughs> when she was from the block, and you remember her yeah. from back in the day. But I agree so, with you. She was she, very vanilla. Oh man! And then I just the whole toss. The whole thing, how he played it with all of them. Because, okay, if you run it down, it's Tommy who, I mean, he was just like, I'm leaving you behind, Tommy. I'm leaving you behind. What? So, okay, he about to get it. Then there's Sax who lost his job and, you know, Sax is on some dirty shit too, but was almost about to kill himself and then decided, let me go out here and try to kill this man. Because he's going to go to jail. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I, and I'm definitely not making light about that, but I mean, he was making some real life and death decisions on his couch, like for real. Then there's Dre, who just what the day before Ghost had punked in the office. <laughs> <laughs> like, you punk ass nigga, come in here. 250k is all I got for you for your whole life. <laughs> like, ah. Then there's. Paz, which is Angela's sister, who, um, I, you know, I, I actually think she probably did it. Um, then you got, uh, Lorenz Tate, um, who is, okay, he's a, he's a former police officer, so we know he knows how to shoot. We've already seen him catch a body at the party, at at Mm -hmm. Truth. (laughs) It's so crazy. Um, and he got punked, too, to the utmost. Mm-hmm. by ghosts like that's the type of shit that I make you go after somebody um, then there's Tariq which we already know he would be next in line for me to do it so I mean he's got like you said he just he done piled on all the enemies oh and then um, Tasha yeah, yeah. Of, of course Tasha of course he told her I'm leaving you behind too man then- Tasha is like the long suffering wife hood wife <laughs> drug dealer's wife like he can never get that wig right. I'm so tired of her wig. I'm. So, I just want her to to just just one good time. Just bring out them baby hairs or something. I cannot stand her wig. You know how I feel about these people with 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 access to good hair. I see chicks in the hood all day long with bomb ass weaves and bomb ass wigs. Why can't y'all go where they go? Why for come? We gotta look like this. I'm so mad at that. I don't. I don't know if it's the color or it's the it's the style. It's the uh the lace. I, it's just it never. It just looks like she just put it on top of her head and and like this is Tasha. But I anyway. can't. absolutely yeah. can't. Yeah, but um yeah, he could Ghost could definitely get it off of just how he treated Tasha. Mm-hmm. I feel for her though, but she's a killer too. That's what's and really came out is like wow, she she got it in her too. One other person, who's that little that little young daughter that we never see. You know, I forgot. What is her name? <laughs> is it Jazz? Is it Jazz? You right. Well, she didn't kill that, 
She's like, Daddy, you ain't never here. <laughs> Jazz ain't never there. Where's Jazz at? <laughs> Who's keeping Jazz? <laughs> Jazz got motive too. <laughs> Everybody. Jazz got motive too, right? <laughs> Everybody. Daddy ain't never there. Like, Daddy. I'm- <laughs> it was. I was looking at the me. You know, the internet is undefeated. They was like, "Who killed ghosts?" James St. Patrick. <laughs> 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 he killed him. <laughs> oh, what a mess! But I, it's, it's, man, it's so delicious. I just like my heart. My heart be racing. Like I'm be sitting here, like, oh my god. It's such a good show. It reminds me of for those that remember back in the day, I used to watch Dallas with my um with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And it was like the whole plot of who shot JR. Yeah. <laughs> like it might have played out like the whole season. And mm-hmm. that shit was just like cliffhanger after cliffhanger. This is how power plays out to me. Like, man, let me get my let me catch my breath. Mm. To wait till January to find out. Yeah. So what was that whole thing with Fifty? Remember he they they got on um Instagram and they were saying how stars was being taken over off of Xfinity or something. I don't know. Maybe that was a whole market employee because um Power didn't show I guess the week of October thirteenth. But maybe yeah. that, now I'm thinking like maybe that was all just to get people signed. I don't know think so i don't know because i feel like every year he says that they're threatening to take a, take uh uh stars off of um X- infinity or whatever the, the cape <laughs> I've, I've heard this i've heard this story before so i don't know how true it is you know 50 is the king of um of this kind of thing yeah he's a he's a master marketer so it could be but um yeah definitely we'll be watching in the 2020 yeah. Uh, to see what happened. Who who shot who shot ghosts? Who shot ghosts? Uh James St. Patrick. Ghost is really now a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Did he fall off a balcony? Like I, did he did he fall it's, off the roof? I was trying to It looked like a balcony. It looked like he was standing at the balcony in inside of the club and whoever sh- you know, he got shot and he fell over the side of it. That's what it looked like to me. Um, I need to go back and rewatch the episode, but that's what it looked like to me. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's dead though. Yeah, I don't think it was Tariq because can Tariq shoot a gun that from that far? I don't know. I don't know how his gun skills are. <laughs> I'm being checked now. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's what I don't know. I know it's not the detective because she was downstairs and we saw her reaction when the shot rang out, so it wasn't her. I would think it was Tommy. Like I just don't see anybody beating Tommy. Yeah, but I don't know. I think it's Tommy or it's Angela's sister, because Angela's sister told him, this is the last time I'm coming to the club. I'm like, well, I, this is the first time you've been there, right? I don't know. This. <laughs> Why would she say that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Then, she, you know, asking, is there anything that could be done? Then, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We will be waiting January 5th. We're all waiting with bated breath. It was delicious, though. Delicious. Delish. <laughs> you said it's slippery earls. My <laughs> God, that's my Baltimore days. I remember. <laughs> Nigga got a press. <laughs> a hot press. <laughs> He's a cutie, though. Jesus. Yeah. All right. All right. So 
moving on. Where are we? I know where we are. We are now at the segment of the show. It is the woke minute. So um, I wanted to talk about the case with Rodney Reed, who is set to be executed. He's uh, currently on death row in Texas, um, and he is set to be executed on November the 20th. Um, he has always maintained his innocence. So basically there are several witnesses that have come forward over the last couple of months in support of Rodney Reed, um, including a witness. Uh, there's been a lot of witness testimony that's saying that another man who was actually the woman, her name is, um, her last name was Stite. Um, it was her fiance who had actually killed her and that these, this uh, fiance, who was a former police officer, who is now in jail himself for, I believe, kidnapping and rape on another matter. Um, but this man, Fennel, actually confessed to the crime. So uh, Reed has garnered very high profile supporters, including Dr. Phil. I know Rihanna came forward. I know Kim Kardashian um, has tweeted about this, all trying to get the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, to basically do the right thing and pardon Reed or commute his sentence. Um, have you heard about this? Yeah, I was just kind of just reading up about it. Um, but this is like a, a story I just recently heard about maybe within the last past like week or two. Right. The awareness of it has been probably over the last couple of weeks because allegedly the um, it was another, I believe, death row inmate who had a who was a part of this Aryan brother brotherhood who was talking to Fennel. Now, Fennel would have been this the deceased woman's fiance at the time. This happened back in 1990, I believe 1991. Um, so the fiance allegedly confessed while he was in jail with trying to get in good with the Aryan Brotherhood. So this is a former police officer um, who supposedly did this confession to an Aryan Brotherhood in seeking a protection protection while he was in jail. Or I think he's actually, I think he's still in jail. So um, what has come out is that Reed has confessed to having a sexual relationship with Miss Stite which is the reason why his DNA was found in her body. So, you know, a little bit of science and the timing on this is crucial because sperm, as we know, how long does it stay alive in the body? It could be between 24 and 48 hours, 24 to 72 hours. That's, I know what we've been taught. So a lot of this case hinges on, um, and that's the only way he was convicted was the DNA evidence that was found inside of her. Um, but, as there are witnesses that are now coming forward saying that Reed, who was a black man, um, was having a sexual relationship with Miss Stites, who is a white woman, um, and that allegedly her fiance um, had said and made some statements to uh, in jail. There's a statement from to an insurance guy where uh, where he allegedly said that um, you know she's a nigger lover and that he was going to kill her. So all of this is coming to light now. This is like some 20 years later. But it just, to me, it just speaks to um, just the, the, we know what the inconsistencies are and the disparities when it comes to the criminal justice system as it relates to black people and as it relates to white people. So 
you know, there's been a lot of talk about how this case was handled back 20-something years ago and why is this all coming forth, you know, coming forward now. Um, but as we have seen, you know, there's a lot of times there's a frame-up, you know, going on. And especially, and this is where, I, you know, I'm looking at this is the alleged suspect, because her fiancé was a suspect from the from the very beginning, was a police officer on the force had friend was had given a statement to the sergeant which was his friend who later said there were inconsistencies in the statement that was given and this is all coming out now but i can i'm just you know you can almost bet your money on it bet everything on it that whatever happened some 20 years ago was to frame this black man um who was having sex with uh, uh, an, engage, an engaged woman who was engaged to a police officer. That's what I think. Yeah, which is which is clearly enough motive for this man to kill him. I'm I'm sure I mean to kill her. Um, it was done out of I'm pretty sure it was done out of rage and embarrassment. Um, and it's easy to to frame a black man in this country. So I I don't doubt that you know he's an innocent man at all. Yeah. So what I'm understanding is that Fennel, who is the the he was a prime suspect. He was the fiance. He served a 10 year prison term for sex crimes and kidnapping before. So, you know, he has a he has a record. Mm -hmm. So and this is, you know, absolutely racially charged. So this man is set to be executed in less than three weeks. Um, and, you know, I. Can you imagine, because there's light that's been shed on this case and it's now, you know, there are celebrities that there's a, there's celebrity support. There is um, a petition that's trying to commute his sentence from uh, death row to life in prison so that maybe there would be a possibility to, um, to overturn it. That's why he's not seeking a pardon, um, which is a legal maneuver, but it's like, you know, it's coming down to the last, the last, you know, minute. So, um, you know, and just all of these confessions that the confessions that are coming forward and people stepping up now, it just goes, it goes to show you like all of this information was available back then, but however it was investigated, however, um, you know, people just didn't come for, they didn't say anything. One of the, um, the, the guy that's in jail who said he heard the confession you know, he said he didn't want to be looked at as a snitch. That's why he never said anything. But he said, you know, as I guess he got older and some of his prejudice supposedly, um, you know, faded away. It it allowed him to come forward. But I mean, he, you know, all of this information was available 20 something years ago. And, you know, yet this man is st and has always maintained his innocence um, mm -hmm. is still on still on death row. And the only bit of evidence is she had um, read semen in her. And like he's, he said, um, relatives of the deceased woman have come forward and said that they knew about the sexual relationship that she was having, basically on the low um, from her fiance. Yeah. I'm, 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 not, I'm not clear on how having semen in her is like evidence of murder. Well, I mean, we're talking about this is the court of law that convicted this man, and that's all they had to go on. Like yeah, even no, after he admitted there was a consensual relationship between them, but you're, you know, but the I, 
I, I would think the key people that should have come forward because they said, you know, Miss the, the woman mistake, she had a cousin who knew about their relationship, but she didn't say anything. But, you know, who investigated it? It's no it, it's nowhere in the report. It's coming out 20 something years later, 20 years later. Well, what what can we do to support him? Like um, the general public, how do we support this guy in getting his um, getting his. What, what do they want his um, his sentence to be commuted, commuted. commuted to life um, life in prison mm-hmm. so that there is an opportunity um, uh, to uh, appeal it okay so is there like a petition that that the general rep- uh, public is signing like how can we support this guy so there, yeah so there is a petition um, but what I would think is uh, through change.org. Um, and that's, you know, that's where it's, or the innocence project, um, Mm -hmm. which I believe, uh, supports, um, and provides, cause that's, you know, all of his, all the legal maneuvers have been done through, um, I believe the innocence project, which basically, Mm -hmm. um, looks and seeks to exonerate, uh, people on, on death row and in prison through DNA evidence. Okay. So that, that's one way to do it um this is just you know i just there's a possibility that a an innocent man um could lose his life by in the state of texas if this doesn't you know if his sentence is not commuted by the governor another innocent man mm-hmm. and this is this is some real this is some real shit mm-hmm. some real shit and i'm just like had it not been for the um you know, the media coverage of this, because he's been on death row. Roddy Reed has been on death row for 21 years. Wow. And we are just now hearing about this a month before his execution date. I can't even, I can't imagine how that affects someone's mental stability. You know, for one, being in jail for some, for a crime that you didn't commit. And then to know at the end of, at the end of this, this role that he's on his jail sentence, you know, he's going to be potentially uh, put to death. I can't even imagine how someone even remains sane for for doing this whole, you know, process. And you know, and I'm thinking, it's, they at the time of his uh, hearing, it was an all white jury, which mm-hmm. I don't understand how that was able to happen, but it but it did. And so, it does continue. It continues now. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's never. I don't. I don't. I, there's been a couple times where it's been, you know, a judge, I mean, a jury of peers, but for the most part, it's not. Wow. And all he is seeking, at, I mean, at this point is he wants a fair trial mm-hmm. where a jury of his peers really looks at and considers all of the evidence as opposed to what happened 21 years ago. And it's a shame and it's so sad that we are still asking for this and we're knocking on 2020's door, the year 2020. And this is still, you know, this is still a huge issue. So uh, one, I, I found a fact that says African-American prisoners who were convicted of murder are about 50% more likely to be innocent than any other convicted murderers and spend longer in prison before exoneration. 50%. Wow. That is crazy. So mm-hmm. I just hope in light of all of this new evidence that is coming forward, it's the final hour. They call it the 11th hour. Um, I, you know, pray that his sentence is commuted um, and that, you know, we're doing everything and this innocent man is not executed. 
I do believe in his innocence. I, yeah, I really do. I think one of the, the things that I do want to say is that, you know, if you ever get, um, you know, if you ever have to do jury duty, I know it's annoying. <laughs> it's, it's super annoying to go through the whole process. And then if you get chosen, you have to sit through, you know, a, a, a trial. But I think it's important that if you do get selected for jury duty, that you, you know, you go through the whole process and you participate and don't try to get out of it because, you know, you could be um, potentially on a jury that could, you know, set an innocent man free, you know? So I think it's really important for us to do our, um, you know, be a part of the system. I know we talk about how the system does us wrong, but, you know, we have to do our part in participating in the system so that, you know, we can help situations like this not happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, all, all right. right. Moving forward, where, what do we have? Um, I, you know, I just want to talk really quickly. Uh, there was a, um, an article that came out, a couple of articles that came out about Solange is now partying with her husband, Alan Ferguson, who's from Richmond. Um, okay. They've been married for five years uh, and they're partying ways, which is so sad. Uh-huh. So, see couples break up. And they just seem like, um, even though there's a huge age gap, um, when she when they got married, she was 28 and he was 51, um, which on paper seems huge, like a huge age difference. But, you know, I think she was probably a mature 28-year-old. She'd been in the entertainment business for a long time. She'd been married with a kid, divorced. So, you know, her maturity levels probably surpassed, you know, her age. Yeah. And him, he's 51, but he looks like a, a spry 51, like a young, you know, kind of still with it. So, sure. I keep um, get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, it's kind of sad news. Um, do you remember when they got married five years ago and their wedding pictures? Yeah. First of all, I can't believe that was five years ago. Girl, um, this, this wedding was everything. And if anyone Listen, knows, you, I just want to say what, cause you're going to say it. You're saying that this wedding was everything. That's what I'm saying. And you know, I am not into that at all. Someone is going to have to drag me down the aisle and trick me to, <laughs> you're going to have to take me to Chick-fil-A and be like, this is my wedding. Cause <laughs> I just, I don't know. I have, I'm committed for, but the pictures, man, these pictures were everything. Everything. Whoever curated uh, curated this whole wedding thing they did, it was amazing. And it was done in New Orleans, which is like one of my favorite places to be, even though I've only been there one time. But it was just it was just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So it kind of hurts my heart that they're separated. I I never want couples to split up. Um, And he directed her video. I thought that was so the was it Cranes in the Sky? I think he directed it. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And he, um, you know, so I, I hear they're still working together. Um, I don't know how that's possible, but I hear they still have a business relationship, but hopefully they can work it out before they, you know, sign the papers. Cause, um, you know, mm-hmm. Solange, it ain't shit out here, girl. Go back to your man. <laughs> <laughs> Words of advice. <laughs> no. From one sister to another. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to rethink that. <laughs> I, got, I got a couple years out here with single, singleness and man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, 
<laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well. Okay. Moving along. Mm-hmm. All right. At? So we are at the weekend dick report. All right. I used to be scared of the dick. Not no more though. <laughs> we are here. So this was a this was a um this was a little scenario that was dropped in our uh, our DMs. So uh, from one of our listeners and followers. So I'm gonna read it, and then you're gonna give me some advice because I'm at a loss for this too. So anyway, mm-hmm. all right. I have been happily married for five years to my husband, and we have two children. Several years before we met, I was involved with a man uh, on and off for ten years. It was a very messy relationship because he was married at the time. I was the side piece with hopes of becoming the main piece. Mm -hmm. I ended the relationship when I found out that not only was he cheating on his wife with me, he was cheating on me with other women, lots of other women. Um, Mm -hmm. Once I found out, I finally ended the relationship and moved on with my life. I met my now husband and started a new life with him. We still live in the same town as my ex, and our community of, uh, of friends is very small. Everybody knows everybody. My ex didn't take our breakup well. After all these years, he's still bitter. He talks about me to anybody that will listen. He talks about our sex life. He brags about how I perform oral sex on him. Just being outright, outright disrespectful. I've confronted him and asked him to stop spreading our business, but he just won't stop. It's gotten to the point where it's seriously affecting my marriage. My husband wants to handle this man, but I that won't end well for either one of them. I don't know what to do. I need some serious advice. Ooh. Okay. So how long is how long ago was the relationship? Ten was no. They were involved. They were involved with each other on and off for ten years, but she cut it off. I guess, you know, she's been with her husband, been married for five years. And she cut it off with this guy a couple years before that. So it's been it's been enough time for him to move on. Okay, but he, he has not and see, I you know, the my as my mother would say, my spiritual self would say, pray pray for this man and and move on with your life. But the carnal mind, the part of me that's like, you know what? Somebody gonna need to shut his ass up and we who what are we gonna do? I just you know the part that you get in the car with some with a bat or something and find out where he coming out the barbershop. That's the kind of mm, let me be let me just and you know go. the thing is from from the tone of this is kind of like that's what her husband wants to do. He wants to handle this man, but you know that won't end well. I feel, you know, I would be afraid for my husband to, to, to get involved, seriously involved in, in this kind of situation. Cause tempers can flare. Uh, both sides will be emotional and a lot happens when emotions are involved. So I understand about how she doesn't want her husband to, to get involved, but honestly, it's, this is a real tough situation because, um, you know, legally, he's not doing anything. He's not harassing her. I don't know if there's anything she can do legally um, to get him to stop. This is all just talk. You know what I mean? Um, it's a form of harassment. Um, but, yeah. I, you know, you know, outside of, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe if they have mutual friends, maybe she can go to their, you know, mutual friends and have them plead her case uh, on behalf I, of her. I, and Yeah, but I was like... I wouldn't even want to be involved. I wouldn't even want to get anybody else involved in that, you know? Um, 
so I just I'm a, I'm gonna say like the high road is really not to give him any energy and any strength and just allow him to continue and act like it don't bother you and live your best life with your husband and your kids. I don't see what you know like mis- misery loves company and hurt people hurt people. So you know if you're trying to fix, I guess what is he's spreading rumors and he's talking and he's living in yesteryear. And you know, there's, there's going to always be people like that. I don't know how you address that, you know, maybe one time for your mind and like hit him, you know, you know, maybe bring it, bring it to him. But then after that, what do you, what is, what does that really accomplish? You're not going to stop him from, he going to run his mouth. So just, I, I guess, minimize his audience. You know, by being the example, if, if she's married and she's moved on and people, I, I think people will see that, you know, like you ain't stunned about him. Like you don't have to, you, it, you, what do you have to do? And, and, you know, truth be told, I've, I've experienced this before and, you know, in my life. And the point is you move on and it, I, you know, I just, it's difficult. Cause it's like, yeah, that could be hurtful. But then I'm like, well, how does she, she's saying it's a small town people go always talk about you that's that comes with the that comes with all the territory the territory of it especially if she's in a union and she's happy and you know moved on let people see that you know take the high road i think at the end of the day is my advice would be to to take the high road and minimize his audience and don't give him an audience people that know you will know who you are and how you live your life you know, so what? You gave the best head to him. He's still remembering that shit 10 years later. He's still talking about the same thing. And, you know, yes. Yes, it was good head. Yes. I, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely um, agree with you. It just, it uh, it says a lot about his character, you know. And I'm pretty sure at this point, you know, people are looking at him like, why are you still bringing this old, this old shit up? <laughs> like, can you? Why are you still Irv Gotti in yourself? You know what I'm saying? And you need to be a Ashanti to this, because my meanwhile, you know, Irv Gotti is on every platform, being so theatrical in his storytelling of of his his relationship with Ashanti. And meanwhile, she is not giving it any kind of energy at all. But and I, I love that. And to me, like that's the best energy, because she ain't said a word. She ain't even asked for her check for singing the hook on on the J Lo song. I just, I, I mean, I, I she's living her best life. You see her, you know, the pictures. I'm just, you know, for whatever that we see, like, that's, to me, that's what you want to represent. Because I think the minute you start getting involved in the shitstorm, it's a problem. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But it takes a lot of self-restraint to do that because. I like what I said, I said. Well, I swear, if I was a Shanti, I swear I'd be throwing eggs at this nigga's house. <laughs> I swear, look, I got, I, I know some jump boys that'll be on call. Like, <laughs> tell, tell me where to post up, sis. Irv has been talking about this relationship with Ashanti for years now. Like, she has had several other relationships. He has, you know, separated from his wife, divorced his wife, been with whomever he's been with. Why is he still bringing her name up? Because he, why? I, mean, I don't get it. Attention, 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 and that's and but that's I, is. Yeah, I'm sure you know with this guy. He's really, uh, you know, back to the the um 
the question at hand. This guy, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that he is everyone he, he's coming to with these stories. Looking at him like he's an idiot. Like, why is this what I'm? And right, that's what I'm thinking. I think those that know would know. Like, and you know, this that what he's exhibiting is actually a form of narcissism because it is, it's, it is to draw attention to himself by pretty much standing on the head and the back of somebody else. So you gotta like if you if you see it that way, like I said, do not give him the ammunition. And I agree with you. Like those that know would be like, are you talking about something that happened ten years ago? Like what? For for what? Woman has a whole husband and two whole kids. She is not <laughs> thinking about you. I love it when people say whole something. She got a whole baby over there. Me too. Like not a half, not a little bit, a whole one. I call that whole one. But she got a whole family over here. A whole husband, two whole kids. She is not thinking about your stank ass and your little dick. Move on. This is this is small dick energy. This is this is small dick energy. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Yes. Cause I'm telling you, those I I I not I believe this across the board. Those that are hung like a horse or got, got dick game off the charts, they ain't saying shit. They don't talk shit. They ain't saying shit. They move in silence. For real, for real. So if you out here talking about what she did to you and what you did, I'm telling you, you got some inconsistencies in 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 the bedroom. That's just how that's just how my mind works. And all all you Michigan men, he is not representing you y'all well at all. Y'all need to drag him back. <laughs> he is not representing the Michigan man at all. <laughs> All the stereotypes. <laughs> Pile them all on. Goodness, goodness. But yes, that's that's, and it's really interesting how you drew the parallel with it's. Well, we talk about Irv Gotti and Ashanti because this is kind of like the same thing. Yeah. Like you talking about what was an intimate, whatever, however y'all were doing two consenting adults. Why are you still talking about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On TV, no less. And. Yes, Ashanti, continue to do what you're doing. Like, do not pay this little man any 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 mind. Yeah, I know she's like, what did I ever see in this fool? She was just trying to get her songs on the radio. You know <laughs> why? Probably wasn't even all that good. I, I heard a story. I don't know how true this is, but I heard a story that Irv had gotten with her mother first. Her mother yes. kind of was with him to, to try to get Ashanti on and then, you know. And he- I can almost guarantee you, I can I can confirm pretty much, but we'll save that story for another day. But yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me be careful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think I think we gave some good advice. Sis, take the high road. Um, it's going to take a minute because, I, I, like I said, there's, there's two sides of me on this, and I know what you mean. I'm telling you, I I got the jump out boys on call for him. Like, take care of him once and for all. But at the end of the day, you can rise above. You could be loving light. You could rise above this whole thing because he is just a hating, miserable, little dick-having nigga complaining. Absolutely. And, and and wishing that he ain't fuck shit up so that you went on and, and went to live your best life right in front of him in your small town and he probably sees it and feels some type of way. Yep, that's exactly what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we right. I think we handled that. I think we did too. All right. All right. So we are now at I reminisce, I reminisce. Oh. Okay. So this is my reminisce. And funny enough. I am reminiscing on Who Shot Ya. So if you remember, gotta take you back to 1995. Can you believe that? When I say these years, I like, something happens to me. I like go under. <laughs> 1995. I'm not even gonna sit here and try to do the math about how many, how long ago that was. And no, I, I was, I was in, uh, that was the year I graduated high school. Yeah, pretty, uh, wow. Well, um, I'm not trying to do all of that kind of reminiscing. Anyway, um, this is so this was on the B side to um, Big Papa, if you remember that. So it was actually released on the posthumous album Born Again, um, and then it was also remastered for Ready to Die. So if you remember, for those that know, originally this was a song that was recorded by Mary J. Blige on her album My Life, um, and it was actually meant for Biggie. So I guess he did his part, but they was like, yo, this is too violent. So they didn't put it on it. And they used Keith Murray instead. So it was like a little interlude. I think before my the actual song My Life came on. Um, so they took it off Mary J. Blige's album. The song sampled Dave Porter's I'm Afraid the Masquerade is Over. The shit is so, so live. I love it. So anyway, Tupac Shakur and a lot of his fans, if we remember... They heard this song and they interpreted it as a diss track because what had happened was four months after Tupac got shot in New York going to, I forgot what studios he was at, but you remember he got shot seven times, I believe, or something like that. Um, the song was released. So four months after that, this song came out. So even though it didn't really talk about Tupac, it was so suspicious, and even I'm gonna say it, you know, even if you listen to, you know, this first and second verse, like, it was just, if they ain't talking about Tupac, they talking about somebody that looked like Tupac, so, this is the song that really, in my mind, sparked that whole East-West controversy that was going on, um, because it was, it was supposed to, what Biggie said was that he had recorded this song way before Tupac got shot, and it just so happened to be released after he got shot. And he told, you know, Biggie had plenty of interviews that he did. And he told that he wrote the song way before all this happened. And that it had nothing to do with Tupac. Yet, if you remember, Biggie performed this song, like, all the time. He loved performing it live. This shit, like, rocked. So, it was just... For me, personally, this was a time in New York when this song came out. And I... I want to say like it was like the beginning of the summer. This shit on 125th Street in Harlem, it was just like it shut. People was just you had to listen in silence. Like you listen to this and you you bob your head and it's like it just sent you somewhere. It was so deep. It was first of all it was it was very violent, but it was this. This is like the art of war. Like. On in a diss track, you know, in a rap. I mean, it was just I. This is like one of. If I had to like pick one of my most favorite Biggie songs, it would actually. This would probably be it. Yeah. Chacha. On the top three, this song, man. This song comes on and it just something just goes 
comes through your whole body. This, you understand? You said not. You talk about a, this, the, the, the energy from this song trickled down to my small ass city in Virginia. New Cornelia. We used to rock this song. This this song still knocks to this day. This shit to is this cool. day. To this day. And, uh, you know, even though it's talking about gun violence, and you know how we feel about what, you know, we got... Anyway, it has a lot to say. And to me, like, this is a, this is a song, if you try to be an artist, you have to listen to this. It will cause you to step your game up. Yeah. Because it was... I mean, it was just like lyric, lyrical assassination. I... I am such a fan of this song. Even though we talking about who shot you, separate the weak from the obsolete, hard to creep the Brooklyn streets. It's on, nigga. Fuck all that bickering beef. I can hear sweat trickling down your cheek. Your heartbeat sound like Sasquatch feet. Thunderous, shaking the concrete. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just, whoo. You're right. It it like it does something to me. I hear I can hear this song today. And did this song come out 24 years ago? I'm I didn't even do the math. I'm just I just know how that's the yes graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make kind of math in my head, but I know I graduated '95. Yeah, girl, it's it's about to be a quarter of a century old. Still yeah. fire, classic, absolute classic. And to give a, a quick shout out um, to Puffy. His birthday today. He's fifty fucking years old. Do you can you understand that, girl? He's an icon. Even though he's unbelievable, I talk shit about Puffy and his uh, um, these young women he dates. But Puffy is a cultural icon. He is. I'm gonna give it to him. He's a uh, (laughs) he's one of the seven wonders of the world. (laughs) He actually is. He's the eighth wonder. He's one of the seven. We need to do a Seven Wonders of Hip Hop. He's one of them. I love the idea. Let's do it. Yes. But yes, he's absolutely, he is absolutely, I have to give him all praises where praises is due. And you know, I'm looking, I'm like, Puffy ain't the greatest rapper, honestly. He can recite other people's shit, um, namely. He's, he is he is a creator, you know, and sometimes um, you don't have to be able to sing or to rap or to play an instrument to be a creative. And he is a massive creative. What he does that is is genius is he pulls together the right team of people to create masterpieces and he has said that and you know what that is that's a skill he's like a quincy jones quincy jones doesn't play any instruments but he pulls that shit together he's created classics so he's done that for the hip-hop world he's created some he has created soundtracks to our young adult lives absolutely very true very true so shout out to it yeah but who shot you? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you when we get off. I, I, this always makes me remember the songs that I truly enjoy. I'm listening to this before I lay down and I go to sleep. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> is gonna be the, the soundtrack to my dreams tonight. Like <laughs> keep me up for another three hours. Watch no. Lord have mercy, but I mean, ooh, I just, the silence that was in the streets when this song came on, just, you, I don't even think you danced to it, you just, you just bop to it, you, you know, nod your head, and, and be in that zone, oh my god, okay. But then, I just want to think, like, what, what could have happened if this song had not been released? Would we still have these two 
iconic people in hip hop. <laughs> what would their lives look like? You know, how would that affect music going forward if this song hadn't been released? Very, very true. Because this was the seven. I mean, like I said, I I credit this song for the East Coast West Coast beef because there were the responses that happened from the West Coast, namely um, hit him up when Tupac did hit him up in response to who shot you. And I mean, you know, both of these men are no longer here on this earth. And it stemmed from, you know, the violence that was in the records that translated out into the streets. Yeah. I mean, and that's how it happened. So very interesting because, I mean, what what could have happened and what kind of collaboration? You know, the thing is, like, what was so sad to me is, like, they were friends first. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were compadres. They were friends. They were creative together. They were artists, you know, coming up together. And to see the split, you know, how this happened was, you know, this is, it's always going to be like a a, a landmark of hip hop, you know, for those of us that actually lived through it and remember it, you will, you'll always remember this, this crossroad right here in hip hop, you know? Yeah. You know, I just wish, you know, I just wish they both on on both their sides they would have had like a, a strong mentor you know guiding them through this time because it was a fragile time you know when mm-hmm. you have men's ego involved it she can go left really really quickly right. and it definitely did with this friendship um but and anyway they already had a a very inflated ego you know both of them very so on, on top of that you know you got young black men but then you got you know, the fame and media and, you know, media is totally different. We're not talking about Instagram or Facebook. Like, you know, we talking about your MTV raps and what is it? Uh, your, what's the other one? Rap- TV. So basically, yeah, Rap City, the basement and stuff like you, you know, you got to, if this song coming on at 3.30, you got to be there at 3.30. Watch it. <laughs> it. You know, it was just a different time. Oh, man. I just, what could have been? What could have been? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. All right. Who shot you? <laughs> <laughs> and we laughing. I can't. It's still a certified banger. <laughs> sure, sure is. I would tell I would tell my biggie story the one time I had um been at some friend's house and Biggie was there. And so, you know, he had went, he, he had ordered some food. So we all think, you know, it's like some girls there and everybody like, okay, so he ordering food for everybody. Do you know this rest in peace, but this big nigga ordered like a hundred wings from, we had like cluck you chicken. So, you know, the wings. And so he ordered, it was like a hundred wings. And do you know, he sat there and ate all them wings and did not share with nobody. I was like, that's my biggie story. Like, I can't share the wings. Huh? I can't imagine eating 100 wings. I just ordered four wings and fries, and I can only eat two of them. I can't imagine. <laughs> had, it was like 20 wing packs. We was like, okay, okay, so I guess we're about to eat some chicken, because, I mean, he didn't <laughs> order like five of them bitches. No. <laughs> he went it all for himself. He like, what y'all gonna eat? <laughs> what y'all want? <laughs> what y'all have? <laughs> yeah, her feelings. I was like, wow, okay. He really gonna eat and he, you know, dumped them all on a on a 
I'm like, there wasn't even a plate. It was just like dump them all out and just eat them. So, yeah. yeah um, that's my biggie story. He was, I guess he was hungry that day and was not in a sharing mood. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on. Karen is caring. All right. <laughs> Moving on to support black businesses. <laughs> support black businesses. All right. So we had to support black businesses. And this is my week. And so this is the, the segment of the show where we highlight a black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and desire to build awareness of products and services made for us by us. And this week, we're kind of doing a, a, a rewind of the Krabby Shack. I think we talked about them uh, last year, last season. But it's a seafood okay. restaurant based in Brooklyn. And they now have two locations. One is in actually three. One in Clinton. Um, section of Brooklyn. The other one is in Crown Heights. And they just recently opened a location in the Barclays Center, which is fucking huge. So that's why I wanted to come back and, and give them another highlight. And also, this is probably one of my favorite restaurants. Um, I went there a couple of years ago and I got a a crab roll. Girl, this thing was so good. Oh my God. Mm. It was so soft and so buttery. And the crab was seasoned so well. And that says a lot for me because I grew up in Virginia along the water. And I grew up eating seafood. And, you know, New York does a lot of great things. Seafood is not one of them, though. So when I found this restaurant, I was like, I am in heaven, 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 heaven. It was started by two friends, Fifi Bell and Gwen Woods. Um, Fifi is from Philly. And Gwen is from the Chesapeake Bay area. So that could be Maryland, Virginia. I'm not sure exactly where she's from. But the idea came when uh, at a dinner party, they just had an idea of opening a seafood restaurant. And I'm, I'm glad they did. Um, so if you're in the Brooklyn area, definitely check them out. Their website is www.crabbyshack.com. Their IG is the Krabby Shack. And they're located, I'm going to give you all of their addresses, uh, 154 Clinton Avenue. Um, 613 Franklin Avenue, and the third and newest location is in Barclays Center. So go please check them out. Okay, so just a little something, because like you said, you know, growing up in New York, I we used to go to City Island, and the best thing you could get there was from Nathan's Famous Franks, and they would have like a little thing of um, fried shrimp. So I would have like popcorn shrimp. That was like the best. I never had seafood. I never had crabs until... Me and you actually went to a spot in Maryland. Do you remember that? And the look on my face when they dumped those crabs out on the table and, Girl, and you had to sh- I grew up. My country ass grew up outside, sitting under a tree, under a blanket with some newspaper, eating crabs in the summer. Girl, it, summers were good. I had never seen crabs before until you and I, until you took me to that restaurant mm-hmm. somewhere in Baltimore. And they dumped them crabs on the table. And I was like totally perplexed as to what was to happen next. You had to show me how to bang them out and, and eat them. Now I love them. I, you know, that takes a lot of work, but I love crabs. But I had actually never seen them. Because even when you go out to City Island, which is supposed to be, you know, where the, where the seafood was, all it really was was shrimp. One of my good homegirls, she's from Queens, but and I've known her for a couple of years, and she just kept talking about City Island, the seafood, seafood. So we did like a little dinner thing. We do uh, me and a, her, with her and uh, a couple of other of our girlfriends will get together every now and then, do like happy hour and go out to dinner or whatever. So 
she suggested that we go all the way out to City Island. So I'm hyped. She's hyping this up. Like, this is so good, girl. I used to come out here with my family. Girl, I got this food. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed by like, lobster? Y'all actually eat this? I did not know until I moved to Maryland. Had no idea. So yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that they have actually have a place in Brooklyn where they got the uh, the mallets and you can crack open the crabs. Yeah. So so with this place, you get they re- they really do like the lobster roll, they do the crab roll, and they do crab legs. It's not necessarily a place where you can go and and sit and like pick crabs, but it's like you know they have seafood dishes like the crab roll and things like that. But I don't I don't know. I didn't when I the last time I went, there weren't like whole crabs on the menu. Um, I didn't see that, but there's, which is actually good because, you know, sometimes I love crab, but man, like you said before, cracking them crabs is a chore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to be in it to win it. You know what I'm saying? You got to have some time on your hands. Um, but yeah, so check this place out. It's it's excellent. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, y'all. Well, we have come to the end. You can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast in the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and Spotify. Please, y'all, follow us on Instagram at TwizPod and catch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV. Go download the Island TV app now from your smartphone, your smart TV, your Fire Stick, your mobile phone, your streaming device, however, whatever, whosoever, but watch it. Of course, who do we always shout out, Nye? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that real quick, but I do want to do a, a quick shout out before I shout out our, our super producer. Thank you all for um, for coming out to our um, our live yesterday. We came and did like a pre-show um, just to kind of talk about, um, you know, our new TV show. Our TV show premiered tonight. Um, by the time you hear this, it's going to be in a couple days. But um, it came out tonight. And thank you so much, all you guys who actually watched it on um, on TV. I'm excited. I watched it. Sean watched it. And we're really excited about this new chapter that we're taking. So anyway, I just want to do that. Give a shout out to our followers and listeners who actually watched the TV show today. Um, so with that being said, shout out to Vegas World Inc. He is our super producer. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take care, y'all. Take care, y'all.